This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Well, good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis, along with Warren Harper. And you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. It's 2 p.m., April the 23rd. Happy birthday to me. Happy uh, birthday. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, so, how's your day going so far? Pardon me. Uh, it's going good. Excellent. Going good. I can't complain. Excellent. Excellent. And any new, any, any, huh? You having a good birthday so far? I'm having a great birthday so far. You know, I mean... Yeah, I, I'm kind of simple to please, you know, a, a steak and a potato um, and and some, some nice soft music and a glass of wine, and I'm good. Well, I got a little something-something for you. Okay, well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. This make, yeah. life, life is simple, man. I like simple pleasures. I hear you. You know, I like simple pleasures. All right. Just, uh, um. My my idea of artwork, and I'm not going to go into any details about that. But my idea of artwork is probably a little different than some folks. But artwork, uh, okay. artwork, yeah, artwork. And what's, uh, what's that have to do with your birthday? Sim- I'm just simple pleasures. When I talk about simple pleasures, so if I'm able to enjoy, you know, my my simple artwork, um, oh, okay. you know, it helps make my day go a little better. Well, good. Are you going to show the? Uh listeners no viewers? i'm not gonna as viewers? i said i'm not gonna get into oh, oh, oh okay okay artwork it's not is. that kind of artwork huh <laughs> it's not that kind of artwork well it's, it's not it's just it's just a personal preference uh-huh. and, I, and i just don't choose to share it uh, okay Good so it's enough. nothing nothing hey, no hey. nothing you <laughs> sinister or unique i'm i'm sure that there are millions of people that enjoy the type of artwork that i enjoy but I just, oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, we just won't see it. <laughs> no, you won't see it. That's all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, so today's oh, so I did want to mention that uh, yesterday's show was the last Friday show before the middle of August. Uh, we we'll yeah. take our break in Je- in July, so the last week in June will be the last show before the middle of August. And then we will we'll reevaluate whether we're going to bring the Friday show back. Uh, but for now, it's going to be all only on Saturday. So we appreciate your support up to this point. Uh, that was a decision that was necessary for all the parties involved because it was, um, you know, there were a lot of things going on and we needed to, to make a couple of changes in the process. And so we'll have to reevaluate how things go. Uh, before we uh, decide to bring it back, um, we sure. go ahead. I think things work out for the best. I'm hoping. Well, I, it, you know, it, it. I think it's always the best. I'm. I'm always a. I try to be an optimist. You know, just just because you have to make a change doesn't mean things went bad. Um, it may be an opportunity for you to make changes. Because, sure. because sometimes because change is important. You know, and you have to. Make sure when you're in any kind of a business, you have to make sure that, that the people that are consuming your product are happy with your product. And you have to make sure that you're producing the best 
product that you can produce. And so I wasn't, I didn't yeah. feel like we were producing the best product that we could produce. And so I just thought we'd take some time and, and, and reassess. And that's all. You there? Okay. Okay. So you question. I'm here. Can you see me? I, well, you look frozen. And so we, you know, we've had. Yeah, I camera know. That's, that's what I was looking at. Uh, yeah. My, um, my internet says no access. Oh, so, wow. Well, well you, yeah, maybe, <laughs> whatever it is, you're bypassing, you're bypassing whatever that is then. Cause, cause you're, you're, we see you moving and we hear your voice. So, okay. so today All we, right. so I shouldn't. All right. Yeah. At this particular point, I would just let it, let it ride. And you know me, right. I don't like to, and I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you just uh, mentioned the, Pardon me, <clears throat> internet. So I I tend to not do updates and stuff on the day mm -hmm. I'm going to have a show because I don't want anything to go wrong. Sure. Um, and and Microsoft has decided that that's not a good philosophy, that they <laughs> should be able to update my machine whenever they fucking feel like it. And so I, I started up the machine this morning and uh, was getting ready to do the show. And then, you know, there's updates coming down. And sure enough, shit starts going haywire. The wow. browser locks up. The um, OBS software locks up. The camera's jammed. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, hopefully if I just restart this machine, this will smooth out. Then I had, it right. took me 10 minutes to try to get the machine restarted. I, I tried clicking on this and then waiting. And I double clicked on that and clicked on the close arrow and it didn't work. And then I tried to hold on the, the on off button and that only put it to sleep and it's, it's supposed to restart the machine. So it was just going haywire. And I'm thinking, man, this is just gonna, this is a wrong time for this kind of crap to happen. Right. So fortunately I got it to, to start again, but, um, yeah. So I have a problem with, you know, that whole process and, um, you know, it's just, you know, it, I, I don't, think that you should that that company should get to determine what my processes are to to um run my system but that's that's another story and i'm not gonna belabor that point so anyway today's well, I, i'm sure somewhere in all of that hidden text you have to sign off on they claim that they actually own it <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna let that go and uh, today's Today's topic is coerced confessions. Ouch! And one of uh, one of the reasons that we started this uh, was the story that Warren put up uh, about the woman in Texas mm -hmm. that they got a confession out of that supposedly she killed her child, and you know. When you do more research, you find out, you know, hours of interrogation, yes, tricky questions, those kinds of things, and they get an, a confession. And um, oddly enough, um, this week on uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, mm -hmm. they covered coerced confessions or you know, forced confessions and those kinds of things. And they gave you a lot of 
information about how that process came about, where, you know, forcing people to confess and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was a pretty good show. The difficulty, I can say difficulty. The, the thing that uh, concerns me is that a comedy show is doing news research and presenting the case. And sometimes I think what happens is people see it's comedy and and don't put as much efficacy into the material that's being covered. So so a comedy shows should not be our news source. Our news sources should be our news source. And our comedy shows should be, um, you know, bringing about some of the, uh, uh, what, what did John Stewart call it? The um, insanity of, of real mm-hmm. life, making fun of the insanity, you know, and, and, and I, I get it, but. Uh, oh, yeah. If people get a chance. That's a trend now, though. Well, yeah, it's been it's been a while because John Stewart started it, and John Stewart, you know, was the last twenty years. So, mm-hmm. ten twenty. Have you seen Amber Ruffin? I've watched her show on a couple of occasions. Sure. Wouldn't you say that's kind of similar? Oh yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, anyway, so there are a bunch of comedians. And and comedy, you know, even uh, late night with uh, um, what is his name, Steve, Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert, uh, you know, he's doing that, and and so I understand it, and my and again my my concern then is that people don't under don't put as much efficacy into the material of, you know, uh, that comedians are presenting it. And so, it, you know, it's a ha-ha laughing moment or, you know, um, oh, that's tragic. And, and not and not seeing it as something that maybe needs to be as addressed as much as it probably should be. But anyway, so the coerced mm-hmm. confession. Interesting. Uh-huh. Go ahead. When I see this material, I, I definitely see it as uh serious situations and things that need to be addressed but who's going to do it i mean they're not talking about facts unknown the system knows that our legal system our our government they know everything that's going on and yet uh for some reason the so-called credible news sources won't won't uh put out the real facts. Uh, I'm saying that loosely, but they put their own spin on things. And I think that's, well, I think that's probably more orchestrated with the system. I won't say the government, I'll just say the system. Okay. So, so I understand that, that you probably don't put as much credibility into uh, traditional news sources as you do in the comedy, but, um, I guess I guess I am old school on that. I don't I hate that term old school. I am probably more traditional on that 
right. um, that that news should be news and not entertainment, and that entertainment should be entertainment and not news. Um, right. You know, there's nothing wrong with Colbert uh, looking at the absurdity of situations in life through his lens as a comedian. Mm-hmm. But when he's presenting news, that's a different thing. And and John Oliver was presenting news, and Stephen Colbert presents news, and not just a a comedic take on the news. So, so th- those are things that that I look at and say, yeah, I understand. So why the question becomes why isn't what we really call the news not presenting it? better well we've we've covered that in another show or at least we've said uh, you know sometimes um because news is now trying to be a money maker Mm -hmm. you know maybe they they write the news with the with the idea of getting eyes rather than presenting information and that may be part of it that that may it's definitely not going to be all of it but that's definitely probably part of it right so, um, is that, is that, it must be me, I think. Yeah, not me. Well, wouldn't it be up to the station owners and managers to make sure that they present the news in the appropriate way? Uh, isn't that their call? I, I, I don't doubt that. I'm, I guess I, I don't think that that, so I'd, what I'd like to do is cover the topic first. And then if we oh. get off into something else, then that's fine. Sure. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, so so because it's my birthday, uh, you know, I, I should close that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Since so now I now I've closed it and maybe I won't get those notifications. Uh but I but I hate that. But you know, life goes on, you gotta do it the right way. So uh uh but anyway, um so one of the problems that I think that has got us to the point of where um, police are are uh, forcing confessions because mm-hmm. um, the, the the police system or the legal system was designed with the idea and, and this is my understanding the idea was it is better that 10 guilty men go free or 10 people 10 guilty people go free than one innocent person go to jail and the motto of the the police is to protect and to serve it doesn't say to convict or to find the guilty party right and there is there is has changed that that we're not protecting the innocent uh, the concept that we're protecting innocent by getting rid of the guilty um by putting the emphasis on convicting the guilty there is a chance we're going to scoop up more innocent people. And if the idea is to protect the innocent first, is that we make sure that no guilty people go to prison, that it is better that even though you believe in your heart that this person is guilty, that you don't convict without enough evidence and that you don't manufacture evidence and that uh-huh. you don't slant evidence to convict the person, no matter how guilty you feel that person is. And I think, I think 
like I said, the focus has shifted from protecting the innocent to punishing the guilty. What do you think? Well, I think the whole idea of policing is probably a little bit different than you explained. I think that the origin of the police was something more like um, it wasn't exactly a system where people were going to be treated fairly. It was more like, you know, slave patrols back in the Jim Crow era. And they were out rounding up people and mistreating people from the very beginning. And we expect more from them. We expect to be treated differently, even when the laws state that clearly they, I don't think they had a history of, of uh, protect and serve. Okay. I think that's just words. So, so even, so let's, uh, let's, okay. So then that came about, you know, the, the public is pushing, you know, some, someone says, you know, crime is out of hand. Mm -hmm. And so then the police feel pressure to, to find a person that is guilty of the crime. So there's public pressure to, you know, if the, if the police aren't finding the criminals then they're not doing their job. And so I think, you know, part of, so there's a responsibility by the police to ensure that just because they believe a person is innocent or guilty, that they're not manufacturing or slanting evidence just to get the conviction. And we, as the public have a responsibility to understand that, that because we want someone convicted of a crime, doesn't mean we, we are always going to get that and that we shouldn't be pushing our police force to, right. um, at get a, to get a, a conviction at any cost, because the cost is that innocent people wind up in jail, that innocent people, um, wind up in interrogation rooms or, you know, untold hours, five, six, 10 hours. And, and then a, conf and a confession, you know, is, you know, now we've got somebody. And so we don't have to look anymore. We don't have mm -hmm. to do any more police work. We don't have to do any more, you know, put any more resources towards this crime. So like getting a conviction, getting a false confession is a short way to not have to do any more work. Yeah, but I mean, should that be the system where, where police get rewarded for shortcutting and, and just bypassing what's really true justice and trying to get a conviction regardless and, you know, disregarding innocence. Well, and, and then, yeah, the police aren't the only ones there. There, there, there are countless stories of prosecutors, prosecutors, yeah, prosecuting cases that they know uh -huh. that they know are faulty cases and they do it anyway. Yeah. because they're rewarded for the exactly. number of convictions. And so, mm -hmm. but they're not punished for the number of exonerations that were on their watch. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the problems are systemic either way. Uh, false 
um, confessions, coerced confessions, um, bad convictions, rewards for doing the wrong thing instead of the right thing, you know, which may involve exonerating someone, even after they find out person is guilty, they still don't want to let them loose. You know, you they still want to retry them. And, and, you know, right. you do 40, 50 years in jail and they don't even want to compensate the innocent person. I mean, this, that's, that's a terrible system that we have. It's, it, it, it has reached a point that I think there needs to be some serious intervention into writing the ship. And the idea is, um, I think we've reached in our society a point where so many people want retribution and not justice. And I think that that's um, an issue that maybe we ought to kind of address too at the same time. Yeah. You know, I agree. They, you know, they want, they want to punish this person for doing wrong um, rather than ensure that we've got the right person who's done wrong. Exactly. Right. And so there's this, you know, uh, uh, you know, we've got somebody and that's good, good. you know, because even if they didn't imprisonment over justice. Right. And right. Uh, so the, there's the, uh, the idea that um, they were a bad person. So even if they didn't commit this crime, they committed some crime someplace else. So it's okay to even if they didn't do this crime to convict them because they obviously they they're bad people and we need to get them off the streets. I mean, and you hear right. that, I, you know, hear that get them off the streets kind of comment a lot. And I think that that's a, a bad idea to have up when we're talking about law enforcement. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, I mean, I think, um, Stop and frisk is an example of uh, extreme uh, police tactics. Mm -hmm. Does it does it matter if you've got the wrong person? You're just pulling them over and searching them and harassing them, as opposed to you know, having some sort of uh, reason, a logical reason, uh, to uh, actually do that. Well, yeah. So I think that the, that's the Fourth Amendment. Hold on. Unreasonable search and seizure. Unreasonable search and seizure. That's the fourth, isn't it? Um, it might be. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we imp we imprison so many people in this country. Right, the right yeah. of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be mm -hmm. violated, and no warrants shall issue upon uh, no shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath. Or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person's things to be seized. Yeah. Yeah. So how do they bypass that when they, with that stop and frisk? Well, and, uh, and then, and then not only that, um, uh, judges who are the backstop mm -hmm. to police aggressiveness shouldn't issue a warrant on, you know, suspect, criteria right so you know so everyone has some uh duty responsibility in making the system better mm -hmm. because yeah. uh you know 
per capita, we in, we in institute in, incarcerate more people than any any place on the planet. And, and mm-hmm. how many times does it have to be said that we don't commit crimes at any greater rate? No. But you know what is the need to rush to incarcerate, and and we know that that has more than one cause or root cause for its its use. But again, you know, people act out of fear or they act out of uh, self, you you know, self, you know, what is it good for me? If if I'm not getting locked up, if somebody else is getting locked up, why do I care? Right. You know, it's not harming me. And then you add you add the uh, for profit prison system into the mix, then you've got incentive for uh, some of the stuff that's happening. Oh, you know, the more people we put in jail, some certain amount of people make money off of that. There's a whole system for profit system built on people in prison. Joe Rogan got rich off that telephone system that for the prisons that he Design. Did you know that? No, I did not. You have you ever? Uh, do you know how much they charge for calls f- when you're in jail? No, you've heard the stories of it. No. It's not cheap. That's a huge profit thing. There, you're in jail. You have to spend buku dollars just to make a five minute call. People are getting rich off that, and that makes no sense. Well, I mean, okay. So I, I understand what. You, so, when you have a system that is rooted in the idea that greed is good, mm-hmm. then greed supersedes issues of fairness, justice, and all of those other things that that make a society more um, just and uh, fair. And so. Yeah, all of that profit margining stuff and, you know, all of the stuff like you talked about, you know, for-profit jails and and things like that lead to coerced infections, lead to um, shoddy police work. I don't want to say shoddy. Mm -hmm. It leads to police work that that probably stops when it should continue to go forward, further and look more harder. Um, Mm -hmm. Because... Because my guess, you know, it's it's hard to find. It would be it to, it would seem to me to be hard to always find enough incriminating evidence to always get the person that you believe saw uh, committed the crime. And then there are situations where um, lawyers have to represent clients that they know are guilty. And there's. And I'm not, that sure. should not stop. That most certainly um, should continue. That lawyers, that everybody should be entitled to a lawyer, and to force the state to make its case. But when you have mm-hmm. that kind of a system, and you've got police that you know know that this or in their, in in their mind knows that this person or believes so strongly that this person committed the crime. And then um, the criminal walks free because they didn't do something 
because they took a shortcut or because they um, did something that maybe they weren't fully aware could be used in court to get this, this person out. And so police, like anyone else in society, have a level of job satisfaction that makes getting up and going to work every day better. And if they're losing all the time, it, it's, it's not going to make for a more comfortable work environment. Hmm. Okay. Well, how do you determine if they're losing all the time though? That's, that seems like a little kind of extreme. I mean, if you know, they can't, they can't win all the time, but in the long run, I think they probably win more than they lose. That's just my guess. Well, I mean, if we're, if we're having so many false confessions, confessions and so many bad um, convictions, I, you know, I, I would argue that they're not winning, that they're not um, having the level of success that some might think. Um, if we, if we are, if we're doing things the way of the 10 people, 10 guilty go free. And, and before we have a, you know, one innocent person go to jail, then they're going to lose more than they're going to win. Because that means that, you know, that guilty people will go free because there's not enough evidence to convict them because we're going to give the presumption of innocence before we offer up the presumption of guilty. So that means you have to prove that they're guilty and not just in your mind, you know, count on 30 years of police work, but actually produce the actual evidence that this person is guilty. Yeah. If you, if you, if you spent 30 years in a job, there's a level of, comfort that you have with the, with what goes into your, your, your job so that you are, can see things that someone who has less experience isn't going to see, but that's not the, the situation. The situation is you have to now prove it and evidence, you know, just like police get better with experience, crooks get better with experience. So they know how to block or, or, you know, put, conceal their crimes better. And then it becomes harder to convict. And if you're in a job where you're, you're, your future depends on the number of convictions you get and the criminals are getting smarter and better. And the system is designed for um, it is better to let a guilty person go free than an innocent person um, go to jail. Then you have a dilemma. How do I progress in a system that doesn't take into consideration that guilty people are going to go free? And I still be rewarded for the effort that I gave to try to convict this person because if the conviction rate is the measuring stick, 
if the conviction rate is the measuring stick, then, then just like in um, greed is good, people will do whatever's necessary to reach the final goal. Well, yeah, I mean, just like, um, well, just like greed is good, is um, a conviction rate being better than true justice. That's that's a system where that's set up, we're set up to have problems. You know, mm -hmm. if you feel that you have to convict people regardless to do your job properly, then that's that's not a good system. Well, I think it's I think it's problematic because yeah. in that process, you're going to scoop up people who deserve to be at home with their families, mm -hmm. deserve to, you know, be moving on with their life. Is there is there anyone who's not done something that probably have put them on the other side of the law? So I remember and, and this is a, a minor case and, and it's the first um comparison that I, that comes to mind. Now, there are probably better comparisons. Oh, uh, maybe there is a better one. Let's try this. Uh, who hasn't jaywalked? Who hasn't crossed the street in the middle, in the middle, uh, and not at the corner? And most places have jaywalking laws. And so you've violated the law, right? Yeah. So, you know, it may be, so should you be convicted? Should you be should you be gathered up and convicted on jaywalking? Or should we change the law on jaywalking? But I'm just, you know, bringing about that issue that um, it is easy to run a file. It can be easy to run a file of the law. I'm not saying that 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 all laws are um, capricious, but there are laws that are capricious. There are laws that need to be changed that are on the book books and we're not doing anything about it and we're not making those changes and we're not fixing laws. Um, and that's the responsibility of the legislature and the legal system to get those laws and get them up to date. So we, we, to make sure that we're operating on the best that we can operate on and that we don't just, um, push them to the back because We've got, you know, so many criminals that that we need to house them all. That we need to get these convictions, so that so that you know I can make more money as an officer or as a um, a lawyer, and you know, how much money is in the law profession? Quite a bit, right? And so that that's all yeah. a part of making the system function. And making it function well. I'm not saying take yeah. take all the money out of it, <laughs> but I, but I am saying let's make sure that we're financing the good and not financing um, a system that's cumbersome. Mm -hmm. That that allows innocent people to innocence and and staying in within the law should be rewarded. In our current system, it's not rewarded. Mm. It's not rewarded that you're not criminal. 
because you can be caught up and go to prison and you not have done anything. That well, is yeah. not a reward for doing the right thing. That's true. That's true. But then on the other end, someone that's putting you in prison might very well get a great reward. Well, they're incentivized. They're yeah. incentivized to put you in prison. Mm-hmm. Lawyers make careers off of number of convictions. Police officers make careers out of number of cases solved. And arrests. And arrests. And, and, and I, you know, I've heard several times, you know, we were told, uh, you know, our police department, you know, you're not making enough arrests, you know, mm-hmm. um, police departments setting up speed traps, not to control the speed to keep people, um, doing the right thing, but to make money for the police mm-hmm. department to, to, to bring their statistics up. Right. Right. So, yeah. so is a distracted driver, a bad driver? Well, of course a distracted driver is a bad driver, but should every distracted driver be, um, arrested driver gets distracted, goes a little too fast. I, I know that there might be a little, you, you could look at that and say, well, you know, if you're distracted, you're going to slow down. Well, some distracted drivers get a little heavy foot or some drivers <clears throat> feel like they're, they have to get to, you know, they're late for work and they're trying to get to late to, to work. They potentially pose a problem, a risk of harming other people. And I get that. Let's make sure that, yeah, that when we, create speed traps that the goal is to make sure that everybody slows down and stays within the normal speed limits and that we're not using it as a form a form of funding police officers were given um uh powers to take people's property if they believed it was drug related so a lot of people yeah were uh, caught up in having their property taken for for even legal drugs. Because mm-hmm. all the officer has to say is he's got enough here uh, that he was selling. So we'll take his property without having right. to necessarily prove that that person was trafficking in drugs. Mm-hmm. We've, we've incentivized locking people up. We've incentivized taking people's property. We've incentivized terrorizing people. We've incentivized not um, giving, um, um, not recognizing people innocent, but uh, with being innocent first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Innocent until proven guilty. Innocent until proven guilty. Man. So I start getting on these rolls and I've got two or three ideas going. And before I knew it, I'm out. <laughs> I'm missing stuff. Well, I was reading in that one article about the woman in Texas where there's situations where the police are uh, given a pass 
for some of these bad uh, course of tactics that they use, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of discretionary when they, you know, when it gets to court, for example, the thing about uh, the course, course confessions where, you know, when you get to your Miranda rights, mm -hmm. it said that uh, a lot of times you, the police won't even give you a lawyer, even though you have the right, it doesn't happen. And I'm thinking that that's the opportunity for them to do some of this stuff when they just flat out, you know, so now nah, you're not going to get an attorney. What are you going to do? Well, you know, uh, that's a, that's an interesting you know concept. So it brings up some, some things like, you know, if the police know, so the police are, are more versed in the law than the average citizen. So, so they know, or they at least have um, some level of comfort in the knowledge that um, they have information that the other party needs. Hmm. And the whole idea of the Miranda rights is to let somebody know, you know, you, while you may be innocent, anything you say can be twisted if you don't mm -hmm. get you a lawyer. So so not reading somebody their Miranda rights or not giving someone their Miranda rights increases the possibility that somebody could say something that could be interpreted as confessing when it is really not, but because they lack the the professional skills in a you know conversation with someone who's mm -hmm. trained in getting people to con confess you know that that puts that puts the power into the hands of the police and then the police aren't going to you know it's is it their responsibility to tell this person you know what you need really need to shut up until you get you a lawyer so they they read you your miranda rights they take you down to the station you haven't asked for a lawyer they realize you haven't asked for a lawyer they start in with the questioning and they know, you know, um, if they if a lawyer comes in, it's going to change the dynamics in the room. Of course. But shouldn't the dynamics be in the favor of the innocent that you have to do police work to convict this person and not just inter and, and beat someone in interrogation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the way it should be. And what about the fact that the... Um suspect may be in an interrogation room and he looks over in the corner and there's a bloody bat laying over there and he's <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> i mean yeah that was in the article you know that that they do stuff like that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. trying to intimidate you and put fear in you mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you have to you have to know it's good to know the law and it's good to speak up for yourself but a lot of people don't have the ability they're they're scared uh, they feel like they can't afford a lawyer they don't know that mm -hmm. they can actually get a public defender which might not be the best but at least you can get on the right track at the beginning you know well you can see where our priorities as a society is more money is put into prosecuting than it mm -hmm. is into defending so like exactly. you can get a public defender who may have you know 100 cases um, right 
Whereas the public prosecutor, you know, they have more public prosecutors, so they don't have as many cases, so they can give your particular case more attention. So, you know, we're not, as a society, we're not living up to that innocent until proven guilty. It's it's come down to guilty until proven innocent. Right. Uh, yeah. And so it it would be... We should not be, I don't think we should be afraid of our police. I don't think we should be afraid of our legal system. But how many people can you say are not afraid of the legal system that they, that if they go down and they say, you know, if they, if they're pulled, hauled in, you know, feel that, that they can be honest and open and talk to the, 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 you know, people from, you know, if I, if I tell you 15 times that I'm innocent, you know, what, what, does the next 15, the next five hours or the next 10 hours or whatever the case may be, you know, how does that then change the first five or 15 times I said, I'm not guilty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough being in the hot seat and I can only imagine how fearful people are when they're under that intense interrogation, especially if it's something like a homicide or something they can get some serious time for. I, I wouldn't want to be there, but you know, it, it's, it's tough. And a lot, like, and a lot of those people are, are mentally impaired. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how, how can you feel comfortable convicting a mentally impaired individual? It's a win for them. <laughs> I understand. And I, I guess. Yeah. How can you. How can you. Okay. I I, I just. How? How? How, I, how can you? How, how can you feel comfortable with yourself? I Convicting think that somebody that you people. knows that, that you are aware can't defend themselves. Well, some people just want to do what they feel is good for them. They call it a win, and they don't really have a conscience about people's suffering or whether true justice was actually served. Oh, well, just doing my job. And, and I, I think that's where we've gotten to. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's difficult for me. That yeah. that that we don't want to seek justice, that we want to seek revenge, that we want to seek convictions. You know, I, I think the most tragic event in that whole process is a conviction. It, it is when someone has done something wrong. That's the tragedy. While I know that there are people who are just going to do wrong, you know, it's better that we have a society where people feel comfortable that they can make mistakes if it was a mistake. There are some people you just, who just, they just do things. They, they hurt people, they do things, and, and you're not going to change that, and you're not going to make good people out of them. Um, but there are so many people who, um, 
you know, who are fighting to be better people. And we talked about um, Mike Tyson yesterday. Yeah. You know, he could easily have gotten, because the guy didn't strike him first, he could easily have gotten a uh, assault charge. Right. So, so did he deserve that assault charge? If you, if you take the law in its purest form, he struck the guy first. He wasn't doing it out of self. He wasn't doing it out of physical self-defense. He was kind of doing it out of self-defense because the guy wouldn't, he was just badgering him. But, Mm -hmm. but again, you know, so now you got, you got an opportunity to get a conviction here. And, and is that, is society better served by that? And so I, I think for me, the question is on coerced confessions is if you're putting innocent people in jail, is society better for it? Now, someone on the other side could say, well, if I'm letting 10 guilty people go free, is society better for it? And so I'm going to say, if there are no innocent, if there are no innocent people going to prison, then we're better for it. Okay. I can go along with that. I think that um, sometimes you have to uh, look at it from both sides. And we we definitely don't benefit from locking up innocent people. So, yeah, there's a benefit for maybe um, not locking up every person that happens to get off because you couldn't prove the case. You know, we, we just, we have way too many people in jail and I think society suffers, but then again, a handful of people profit off of it. And that's the sad part. A lot of profits in private prisons and locking people up. So I think that's part of the problem. So where did you, where did you hear about the, uh, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, phone deal? Uh, I was reading up on him and, uh, it, it was in an article and I looked into it and it's, it, it's, an, it's documented that I can't recall the name of the company, but he, inve- I don't know if he created the company or invested in it, but he made a lot of money. That's where he got a lot of his money from. It's a phone, one of those phone call, prison phone calls, uh, companies, predatory company. Yeah. One of those Praise on people con- confined who need to who want to talk to family and friends, right? Or their bookie, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, how how much does it cost to have a phone line for public use and just have people take their take turns on it? You, they don't have to charge you on charge you an arm and leg for that. I, you know, I, I, what? Why not have have a phone call in their cell? So they can call when they feel like it. I mean, what well, what is the problem I, I, with they're that? They're going to see that as extreme. They're going to say, "Oh, that's a luxury." So I, I get that to a certain point, but uh, really, you think that's okay? It, oh yeah, I think there I, I, a lot of people think that prison needs to be punishment. Prison. Okay, and so and so if I get a chance to talk to my family and not become a, a more hardened criminal because I'm going to be locked up. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lose 
that relationship with my family mm-hmm. because they're not coming to see me quite as often. I'm not making those, I'm not making those personal connections. And so when I get out of prison, I'm more isolated than I was when I went in. And I have less, I have less resources to, to make myself a better person because uh, people aren't going to want to hire me. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so my I, thought I is it. given the goddamn phone and hopefully they won't become those hardened people and that they will have those connections. And when they get out, the people that, that they have had those connections with want to help them because if if they have if they've lost those connections and the people get out then they become a burden why am i giving my money to somebody i haven't talked to in 15 years yeah that's that's one way to look at it but you you know the other side of it is uh if you know anything about prison life prisoners are very good at uh manipulating the system i mean and i've heard a lot of stories about criminal activity in prison and it's not just the prisoners it's systemic but if every prisoner had free access to a phone to do what they wanted to do there would be a lot more crime trust Hmm. me okay i i don't i don't okay i'm i'm okay so so, so that's um, a discussion that that can be had, and, and right. I know we we're at that point where um, right now the system is about punishment. Um, I I think you know taking away someone's privileges to operate freely, to um, you know move about life as they choose, and they are forced to run on the schedule that they didn't create. I I think that has that can have a um, disquieting or uh, have a more uh, stronger effect, but how barbaric should it be becomes the question, right? We've come to the question, um, uh, putting people in isolation um, and leaving them for long periods of time, not giving them proper health care because they're criminals. Um, And so there are a lot of things that about the system that I think can be adjusted to ensure that while we are helping that person understand your actions have consequences, we also don't have to treat them like animals because they're not animals, they're human beings and they will eventually or can eventually get out and back, back into society. And what have we done? Have we, have we made given them the tools to be successful once they get out? Or have we made them either further isolated where the only form of success that they have is going back in? Yeah, I mean, this, the, the system is terrible. I mean, anybody knows anything about it will tell you it is set up not for reform. It's strictly penile. And the way I see it, one of the worst parts of the system is that it's not uniform. We've got 50 states. And then when you throw in all the county uh, institutions, it, it's a total mess. Every state has their own system and they're doing things the way they see it. So there's no uniformity. 
So it, how you how you serve your time really has a lot to do with where they send you. Federal pre prisons are, as they say, somewhat better than the states. Not saying they're all heaven, but you know, there's no uniformity within the systems, and every state is different. It, it's a totally messed up system. So I they know. Need yeah, I know that there are challenges, and the one of the things I think um, we miss out in our society is that we don't have a tendency to to reevaluate them on a regular basis to make sure they're being uh, they're being useful. Um, and I and I might be wrong. Maybe maybe it's going on, and uh, um, they're deciding that the way we're we're head, doing things is the best way. Um, I just think that overall, you can look at our society and we become more punishment minded in our politics in in our, yeah. our businesses, you know, it's just um, less about the human capital and more about, um, you know, punish me. So. All righty, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. break it off a couple of minutes early because it's my birthday, and all I'm right, go hang out and have some steak and some wine. <laughs> uh oh, you going out? Yeah, yeah, I'm going out for a little bit. All right, gotta get Fantastic. out of here. Man. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. You know, everybody's dropped those mask mandates. Oh man, I'm telling you. And and you know yeah, what? It's... I still wear my mask. Yeah, there are some people, but not a lot now. Yeah, I still some wear my people mask. people are masking, and a lot of people are not. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. Do what you got to do. You know, for me, yeah. I'll probably be one of the last people to stop wearing my mask. <laughs> you know, because uh, I didn't like talking to a bunch of folks no damn way. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm kidding. I love talking to people. <laughs> yeah, like, All right, my brother. All right. Well, enjoy your day. Uh, so we again, we will not be back next Friday. We will be back next Saturday. Yes. See you next Saturday. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs> <laughs>